Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello there and welcome again to another episode of Adoption Chronicles your podcast where we get to speak with different people from the adoption space, whether they're adopted, um, our birth parents or adopting parents. And we've got stories for you, we've got stories for us, and some of the stories that we've heard about um, involve the Post-Adoption Research Centre. And there's some exciting things happening in that space. And the best person that I can think of to talk to about that is Sarah Byrne from the Post-Adoption Research Centre. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mick. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. It's uh, fantastic to speak with you. Um, So many of our guests have have mentioned uh, some of the great work that the the Post-Adoption Research Centre or uh, PARC, I guess you could... um, Mm call it. Yeah, that's uh, our abbreviation. Yep. Yeah, are uh, uh, doing. Um, and I shouldn't be um, backwards and coming forwards, but uh, what's your, how does your adoption story start? Right. Well, I'm a little different to your usual guest in that I do not have lived experience of adoption. Right. Um, I came into the adoption space in 2003 when I applied for a job yep. um, as an adoptions caseworker and and I found it fascinating to sit in the file room amongst all the history of um, people's stories in in that first role that I had. So I've worked for 20 years in the adoption space in New South Wales and and joined the PARC team in 2021 and um, joined as a counsellor and and now I'm the manager of the service. And so, yeah, really excited about this um, upcoming Adoption Literary Festival that we've been involved in. Absolutely. We're, um, We're going to come to that in a minute. Um, but can you, um, I guess you can't tell us people's names or different things like sure. that, but um, sure. some of the stories that we uh, are told on the podcast, some of them yeah. can be really positive, some yep. of them uh, don't work out so well, mm. um, but the common thread is um, 
a, 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 a trauma that really is in the background with all of us to a degree. Yeah. Some some of us are suffering really, really badly and some of us yeah. are dealing with things um, a, a bit better than others. Um, yeah. What's some of the services that you guys have to offer us? Yeah, so we um, we support anybody uh, within New South Wales with an adoption experience. So yeah. whether they be adopted themselves, be a parent who has been separated from their child through adoption, adoptive families, as well as extended families. We, you know, we sometimes have a, a person whose partner wants to know a little bit more about their experience, and so they'll bring them along for a counselling session. So yeah, right. we offer counselling. Um, we offer intermediate services where we assist people to reconnect who've been separated through adoption yep. um, and development of resources and events is, is also part of uh, what we do wow, day to sounds, day. Uh, full time, full on. Mm, mm. We're a tiny team yep. <laughs> with big ideas a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting space to to work in, and I think that's what's kept me in the adoption space for so long is that it's just a you know it's an honour to walk alongside people in this space. Cool, and um, I can tell you. Journey. Well, on, on behalf of all the adopted people and uh, everyone in the space, I think it's. Um, uh, it, it's a bit of an honour or a, um, it's quite humbling that somebody who hasn't got lived experience mm. has um, stayed in with us for so long. Mm. Um, mm. Thank you. With that, when you were growing up, when you were younger, before you started working in the adoption space, yeah. how aware of adoption and adopted kids were you? I had no idea. I grew up in regional New South Wales, you know, yeah. coastal coastal town, um, very white Anglo yeah. uh, town at that. And I really, I didn't even hear the word adoption growing up. You know, I wouldn't have known if any of my classmates were adopted. And, yeah. uh, you know, I grew up in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't talked about. Yeah, and I think that's reasonably common. Um, yeah. I was lucky enough that uh, I was told early in, like I've always known, of one of mm. one of the crew that have always known, um, and I've I never made it a big deal. Um, it wasn't yeah. a case where I'd walk into a room and say, "Hi, my name's Mick, and I'm adopted." It's yeah, um, just mm. something that goes along. And yeah, uh, every now and again, you hear people say, "Oh, you look so much like your dad or your mum," and I'm like. Mm. Well, maybe not. Yeah, one of <laughs> those maybe, reminders. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah. So when you um, so what was? So I guess you would have had a bit of a uh, culture shock when you first started. Then did you? I really did. I was working in a in a refuge, long term accommodation for young people who couldn't live at home, and yep. and I was managing that service at twenty three and feeling wow. a bit burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what could I, you know, I need to I need to get out of this. You know, I'm not much older than these children that yeah. we are raising in yeah. this in this accommodation service. And back then, you look through the newspaper for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this adoption job, and I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I went to the interview and 
Uh, I had a, a slight connection to, to some of the panel members in that they were part of the foster care team and they right. had some involvement with some kids in our resi residential care yep. um, home. And, yeah, I got the job. And then I just sat in awe of this very skilled team who, who would speak so, um, you know, so empathetically with people who were struggling with yeah. their adoption. And I just thought, wow, what, what an interesting space to be in and, and what a privilege to, you know, for people to share this with us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For us to be part of supporting them making sense of this. Yeah, it was, you know, I felt like I'm never going to get this. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is beyond me. What have I done? Yeah. Um, but, but people with lived experience teach us. You know, they teach us every day. And I am always learning and there is always something new that comes our way that we have to consider and, and be thoughtful around and be mindful of all of the parties. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, yeah, it's such a, you know, such an interesting space, such an important space and one that doesn't get a lot of, um, you know, attention in yeah. other realms. You know, a lot yeah. of people come to us, they've been to other generalist, you know, counselling or psychology services and, and adoption isn't even picked up as part of something to have a look at, you yeah. know, and they get to us and finally it's like, oh, there's a language for this yeah. and there's people who understand this. Yeah. Well, it's, I guess know, the biggest lesson the, I think I've learned... Big moment. Yeah. I, I was going to say the best lesson I've learned from doing these podcasts and, and chatting with people is a better understanding that it's a lifelong trauma that yeah. goes back yeah. nearly beyond like before we were born because it's yeah. the very essence of what makes us. Yes. Yes, Sorry. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've looked that over time, haven't we, about babies' brains and yeah. what that separation meant. You know, after in in your mother's body for nine months, hearing her voice, mm. you know, the, the foods she was eating, all of that, the separation is absolutely a trauma, you yeah. know, and, and it changes the neural pathways of the baby's brain. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm not safe. Where is she gone? Where is she? You know, nurses coming and going, particularly in the forced adoption era, you know, there was no constant care caregiver most of you did not have an experience of foster care with one you know one caregiver and so you were often in you know hospitals yeah yeah so with the um so you mentioned the forced adoption era yes now yes. um around 10 or so years ago now julia gillard uh made a national apology to the forced adoption mm. uh crew i guess generation or yes, but it yes. kind of goes generations yes. to be honest yes um yes, did yeah. that speech make much of an impact to the service I think it did, yeah. I mean with that came some increased funding for a short period of time for right. a few was um you know because there was some interest. I mean unfortunately on the day she gave the the apology she was rolled in parliament and so the media focus very quickly shifted right. there which was such a shame because yeah. it was such an important day for people in the adoption community yeah. and for you know this other thing to be unfolding on that very same day really took away the focus yeah. um which could have been so far reaching yeah. you know in in helping people understand you know yeah. extended family members general community yet well, it, it 
it didn't quite get out there. You know, we, no. we still have come to us saying, I didn't even know that apology. And I didn't know it was for me. I didn't yeah. even hear about it, you know? Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear about it until about 12 months ago. Yeah, it's yeah, something so monumental. And yet it, it just got swept up in all of that mess of that week and politics yeah. in Australia. Politics yeah. strikes again. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so in a way it's... um. It's it's nearly like uh, oh, it's it's, it's typical <laughs> for you yes, know, yes. It's it's not Sadly. not a case where you kind of get into a victim mentality, but yeah, here's this massive opportunity to do some healing, yeah. and it's uh, whisked away. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes, yeah. And her words were so important. Yeah. They were so powerful. So I, the next evolution, I think, in uh, adoption circles was the DNA mm. testing. Has how much of a difference yeah. has that made? Oh, it's shifting the landscape massively. People being able to find information about themselves. You know, yeah. where my world, who am I connected to? And it is, it's really, you know, it's blowing the forced adoption, you know, was encouraged, particularly yeah. for the mothers, never speak about this again. Go off and have your real family mm. as though this, this child do, doesn't exist, you know. Yeah. And, and often they went back to their families and nobody spoke to them about their experience and so they kept it. Yeah. They didn't tell their husbands, they didn't tell subsequent children and so now if we, you know, come gently walking in in our intermediary service or a DNA test blows that out of the water... They have to grapple with that now, yeah. you know, when, when they have sat on this, you know, in secret for so long. And, and some mothers are very open and welcoming of this contact and others are still living with so much fear because they were heaped with shame and guilt in, right. uh, around uh, parent this child. Who are you to parent this child? You know, these people over here are better than you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, so and I think much that, damage. Um, that goes back to the forced adoption type conversation where essentially yeah. my understanding of it is the societal norms told mm. single mothers or young people that were uh, quite young that they weren't fit to have parent, that yes. weren't fit to be yes. a parent, so they were forced yeah. to give their child yes. up through the society and being a normal yes. thing to do. Yes. Yes, that's right. It was, you know, it was the norm, wasn't it? Because yeah. we know there were, you know, in the 50s to 70s, 150,000 adoptions in wow. Australia. That is a massive number of mothers and children and fathers and children separated, you yeah. know, because society thought that they knew better, you know. Mm. And I guess that goes to show that, um, well, I guess the, the other part to that as well is that there are children being brought up in biological families that don't work as well. So yes, yeah. sometimes that adoption conversation might have been correct, mm, you know, mm. um, and I'm not one to put my political angle on the historical arguments of the past because you can't mm. change it. But, yeah. you know, what? there's no right or wrong answer essentially because... Um, you know, it's it just got to deal with what we've got. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, there were, you know, there weren't choices where there, you know, mothers often didn't have, you know, let alone society's support, they often didn't have their family's support. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And fathers, you know, whether they were interested or not, and some certainly were, they yep. were just cut out of the picture. They had absolutely no rights to, to their child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I think, the big un. Well, the big forgotten part of the story is that um, mm. the fathers tend to get left out a lot. Yes, um, yes. They're not, we don't hear their voices often. No. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky that uh, one of my first interviews was with um, a birth father and wow. his stories worked out really well, which is really pleasing. Mm. And um, big shout-out to Bruce, who's, um, <laughs> I know, a, a constant listener of the show and... Very, very glad that we had an opportunity for him to tell his side of the story. Um, but yeah. it's been few and far between. Yes, yes. And, some, you know, there's plenty of fathers out there who don't know their fathers, yeah. you know, and, and that is that is where DNA is playing a part too in, in you know, revealing that yeah. to to fathers. You know, by the way, here is a, here <laughs> is a child yeah. that is linked to you, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, mind-blowing for them yeah. and some find that very hard to come to terms with and yeah. um, and and others are, you know, there's an openness there to say, oh, my goodness, you know, I didn't know and let me know more. Yeah. Would you mm. liken it to Pandora's box being opened? It absolutely is, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so much becomes revealed doesn't it yeah you know in in accessing records in doing dna in going into a search and and finding out who is there and who wants to know you and and what might the outcome be you know it's yeah. so unknown you know there's so many variables and and the outcomes are you know they're varied varied is a, a very nice mm. word yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I I use the word that u unique. Um, every yeah. every individual has a unique story, and you can yeah. grow up in the same family. Um, my sister and myself are both adopted, and mm. our stories are both unique. And mm. you can have children that are born with the same two birth parents, and their stories are unique. Um, yes. It's yes. it's it's a story where one one solution is is not good enough. So it's a mm. real tricky one. Mm. It is. Yeah, I use the word complex a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But we do have some very very exciting things to talk about though. Mm. Um, and yes. one thing. Well, the main thing, I guess, is yeah. the uh, upcoming Adoption Literary Festival, which you've been integral in uh, getting off the ground. How did all yeah. of that begin? It began with a conversation. So we came across, uh, I think, probably forwarded us information about um, a group of, of adoptees in the US yep. who, who were having their own Adoptee Lit Fest, it's called, nice. um, adopteelitfest.com if you yep. want to look them up. And so it was um, strictly uh, adoptee voices in yep. their event and they had a number of panels and it was online. And so I had recently had a call from an adopted person here in Australia who'd written a book and yep. she'd written a book of poetry and she said, do you like my book? 
book in your in your post adoption resource library and I said we absolutely would and we bought some copies of her book and then I said oh there's this event you might be interested in as a writer and a publisher and and she said oh that looks very interesting wouldn't it be good to have that here in Australia and that's where it began right. you know she sparked this idea and I said oh, yes let's run with that Indeed. <laughs> um yeah and so we put a we put a flyer out into the ether and and we said look we've we've got no money for this big idea um and but we'd really like to get this off the ground and and we want a working group of people with lived experience to drive this you know if if there's interest and we were flooded with people saying i'm i'm so interested in this and and we knew that there'd been a growing body of published works over the last sort of 10 to 15 years in australia and more and more each year of people telling um their adoption experience in the australian context so yeah that's where it began cool and uh so when's the big date uh, we are having our online event on Saturday, the 4th of November. So it, uh, we have four panels scheduled for that day. Um, and we, we have a, a panel of mothers yep. sharing their stories. So they are three mothers who have written books. Yep. Um, Lily Arthur, who is perhaps known to some of your audience, is a very big um, advocate in Australia for mothers. Um, she founded the New South Wales Origins uh, group yep. and was very integral in getting the apology up and happening here. Um, her book is called Dirty Laundry. We've got Gwen Wilson. Her book is called I Belong to No One. And Gwen has been a key part of our working group to get this off the ground. And um, Vivian Timmermans, another mother who is in Queensland and also runs a support group for for anyone impacted by adoption. So, yeah, we've got lots um, lots of interest. And across the four panels, the other three um a feature uh adopted people sharing their stories and some who are writing in different genres be that poetry or or, um pieces for the guardian um in in literary journals we have a comic book artist who who talks about her adoption experience through comics um yeah so it's a it's an exciting event you know i'm really happy that we've been able to pull this together it's been a long journey yeah um starting yeah sort of march last year when the conversation began and here we are yeah we're nearly there nearly there all she needs a podcast guy on there (laughs) (laughs) i know we we start with big ideas what if we had artists and podcasters and and then we had to sort of narrow the focus and uh, yes it was a it was a grand idea to begin with and then you know as we were like how do you access money for these sorts of things and and we were lucky enough to to secure some small grants and we thought okay this first this first go perhaps online and and we'll see where the interest lies and if we can build on that absolutely so um uh we'll we'll come to all of all, all the that bit in a minute as well because I guess online makes a lot of sense because adoption reaches the entire nation and it was I guess similar laws but not quite the same in each state and yes that's right the the lived experience is the same though Mm. and Mm. um, I think one thing that I think is common throughout most adopted people that I've talked to is the uh, the thirst for knowledge. Um, yeah. Whether or not they've chosen to uh, 
reach out and find the answers to their past or yeah. or they've decided not to. We've all thought about it and made a decision one way or the other. And yeah. uh, one thing that I've found is that in coming up with the answers, you need to do some research. You need mm. to – well, that's me anyway. I needed to do some yeah. research before I made a decision one way or the other. Mm. And this is a really good opportunity for people who have any questions about their own journey, their own path, to listen to other yeah. people's journeys and what they go through. Yeah. And that's um, well, the underlying reason why I've put the podcast together. Um, but yeah. this is a really good opportunity to um, to to come together across the board. Mm. Uh, so, how mm. can people uh, join online? Uh, so we've got a link up on Humanitics, uh, so people can jump onto the Humanitics website and just, you know, type in adoption and there's only two events going on in Australia yep. um, on Humanitics at the moment or on the Benevolent Society's um, webpage uh, through the Post Adoption Resource Centre, you will be able to find um, the link. But I think if you just Google Adoption Literary Festival, we come up as the second okay. uh, on the Google search. The first one is the US event, as it yep. should be. They are the founders. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty easy to come across. It's free for anyone to to join the um, the panels. So yeah, four panels across the day. Sorry to those in other states. We will be on Sydney time, daylight savings time, which I know everyone. So starting nine thirty a.m., we will have a welcome to country, an opening address, and then we will start the panels. So yeah, there will be. The Australian Eastern Daylight Time up until two thirty in the afternoon. We'll be we'll be running the event. Cool. So if people aren't able to tune in live, yes. will yes. the uh, will the we will are hoping to make recordings available. So yeah, we're just getting um, permission right. from all the participants. Yep. Um, and and if everyone one is in agreement um, across the panels to be recorded, then yes, we will absolutely make that um, available and again share that link widely so people can uh, catch up uh, uh, on a replay um, after the event because, yeah, we know that the time zone is not always kind yeah, <laughs> to others. because that'll be yeah. 6.30 in Perth. Yes, yes, yeah. They might not love us for it. <laughs> well, I'll tell yeah. you what, they can... Um, they can wake up and just tune in while they're having a little yes, snooze can. on a Saturday and Saturday morning. Yeah, on the Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. But, so we've had interest so far. Um, yeah, the registrations are rolling in and, and I hope it all goes off without any technical hitches on the day. But, um, yeah, the... You know, oh, you just broke out. up there a bit. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, I was just saying the working group has been instrumental in getting the event off the month. Um, some of them reached out in the US. Yep. And got the edition. Yep, you're just breaking up yep. here a little bit again. Sorry about that. Yep. Oh, sorry about that. All good. In a black hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's been... Um, yeah, a real team effort to, to get this happening. Yes, and, so you know, the people's passion and dedication. Absolutely. So how many uh, awesome members on your team have you got? Uh, look, we start 
and our conversations circulars. So we got about five. Five? Um, yeah, five members, that's including myself. Yep. Um, and the others were Jane Sleeker, who um, has been in the adoption space for 15 years and is an adopted person herself. Yep. Wilson, who is on the mother Well, we had a bit of technical hassles there, folks, but uh, like most stories in the adoption circles nothing is going to stop us and we're back with sarah welcome back sarah we had a <laughs> thanks me roundabout way but we got here in the end we did we did yes now you were um telling me about the awesome group that you've got together that's putting together the festival yeah, well, I guess firstly, uh, I want to start with Julia Kaylock, and she was the person who sparked the idea. And Julia, uh, her book was called, is called Child of the Clouds, a memoir yep. in verse about adoption, trauma, and recovery. And it's a beautiful book, um, yeah. you know, and, and full of poetry about her experiences. And unfortunately, during the process, she got quite unwell. Oh, yeah, and she actually died in January this year. So part of this event really is to honour her too yeah, in terms of of her, you know, sparking the idea, beginning the journey with us and sadly not being able to see it come uh, to fruition. But it was wow. really important uh, that we that we took this all the way to the end and I've had conversations with her husband around, right. you know, honouring her through this festival, yeah. sharing her poetry as part of this festival. And so, yeah, the working group... Um, she was on from, the podcast. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, Mick. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's yeah, really, really yeah, yeah. She's a beautiful person, and yeah. and yeah, she had so much to give, um, and certainly gone too soon. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. she was, yeah, she was integral to getting this up and running, um, but sadly couldn't, you know, be here for the event. And um, so the the working group that has carried this on. Um, with me, uh, as I said, Gwen Wilson, who is one of the mothers who will be featured on a panel. Yep. Jane Sleeker, she's actually hosting one of the panels. She's uh, an adopted person and also someone who has worked professionally in the adoption space for the last 14 years. Elizabeth Walton, who is um, an adopted person and, and has a lot of experience in uh, literary events. Uh, festival organization and so she has been a wealth of knowledge um, and Michael Grenfell who you might also know who is um, you know quite active in adoption communities in New South Wales has yeah. been along for the ride yeah. um, and they've been a great working group you know lots of ideas flowing and and lots of information that I would never know about the literary world it's not my space Yep. And yet, you know, I've, I've um, come along for the ride and really wanted to see this through with them. So, yeah, they've been a great um, asset to, to me in getting this uh, event together. Yeah, no, fantastic. It should be uh, should be quite the day. So yeah. how, um, how long are you expecting it to go for or, or is it open-ended? Uh, look, we're, we're really hoping to get some positive feedback from this event. So, yeah, as I said, four panels on the day. And then, you know, from there, look, we'll, we'll need to look for funding again to yep. run this. But yep. we've had lots of interest already from people saying, I'm a writer too. Yeah, nice. I have an adoption experience. I'd love to be featured. And so, you know, we have a wealth of, 
of resources out there in terms of, of voices that that should be highlighted and yeah. and could be highlighted um, in future events. So yeah. yeah, we hope this is not a one-off. No, absolutely. Um, because yeah. I think I think the more people who are adopted that get into higher profile writing. Uh, positions, especially for movies and TV shows, the better it yes. will be because That's I know right. that uh, I'm pretty sure I can speak on behalf of the adoption community in that we're not just the black sheep and to yeah. make a joke of when somebody yeah. in the family does something silly and they go, oh, you must be adopted. That's um, right. That's yeah. not cool anymore, folks. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and and to get, um, yeah, those lived experience voices being the the more prominent voices is important. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, well, um, uh, all the best, uh, Sarah, for the for the festival. Uh, you're doing some absolutely brilliant work, and thank uh, Yeah, on behalf of the uh, adoption community, I uh, thank you uh, for your work and everything that you've done and uh, the more people that we have like you on our side, the uh, the better we'll be. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me this platform and if you don't mind, would it be okay if I shared one of Julia's poems to end on? Please do. Okay, thank you. I'll just read it now. Yep. Allowing myself to grieve for all the lost years, the fast years, the giving years, deflection, always deflection, Robbing myself of myself. So many detours, circular paths, so many barriers, many of my own making. I am retiring my plastic smile, my self-deprecation, my seeing both sides of this unwinnable argument. I am tired of not giving up, tired of not speaking my pain, tired of accepting the grand old lie that it was all done for me. It is time I decided to just be me. Thanks, Mick. No, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for uh, um, sharing uh, one of Julia's poems. I, um, mm. uh, I only, yeah, you've, I'm still in shock. Um, yeah, sorry that I broke that news to you. No, that's um, that's life, unfortunately, mm. and I will make a point of uh, putting Julia's uh, podcast out there as well. So I'll send you her yeah. link. For, for her Thank podcast, you. she told a uh, a wonderful story, and yeah. uh, I think she read out a poem as well. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, so uh, thank you yeah. for, for coming on. Thank you, and I hope all of your audience joins us on the fourth of November to hear some really important voices that day. Absolutely, that's nine thirty on uh, Sydney time, folks. So yes, that's right. Saturday, 4th of November. 4th of November, that's a Saturday. So, yeah, make yourself available. Great. Thanks so much, Mick. Thank you, Sarah. Cheers. Okay, bye. That was Sarah Byrne from the Post Adoption Research Centre talking all things adoption, especially the Adoption Literary Festival coming up on the 4th of November. That's Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. You can find uh, the link there from the Humanics website. The link is there and on the Benevolent Society. And if you Google uh, the Adoption Literary Festival, it'll be the second one on the uh, on the list. Uh, all the best, everybody. And until next time, bye for now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.